0: what is up outlaws the colorado kid coming at you from my hideout on the western slope of colorado how is everybody doing today it has been a crazy weird long fucking trip for me man um this podcast is being recorded strictly for podcasting purposes only (laughs) so uh, basically, what that means is all my previous podcasts, I have taken the audio from my YouTube videos and I have uh, uploaded it to Audacity, well, opened it in Audacity and then exported it as an MP3 and then I upload it as a podcast, uh, which I do mention in the descriptions of my podcast, uh, some of them. Uh, I need to make sure I do that every time, but it's a podcast anyway. Uh, This podcast, I am not recording for YouTube, I am not on video at all, so that way I can better focus my thoughts on what I am talking about. Um, Anyhow, I am sitting here in my office, in my hideout, (laughs) I just got done drafting up a handful of items, about 15 items, Uh, just got to take the pictures of them and then upload the pictures and they're good to go for to sell stuff on eBay. Um, for those of you who don't know or who have never listened to my podcast or watched my YouTube videos, I am the Colorado kid. I do podcasting, I sell stuff on eBay, and I do YouTube videos um, about selling stuff on eBay. (laughs) So that is who I am, basically. Um, I've been grinding hardcore for quite a while now. Um, so basically, the purpose of this podcast uh, today, this episode, was basically just to record, get some thoughts out. And I've been promising all my podcast listeners who listen to me just on audio that I would record an audio only podcast just for your listening ears. And this is it. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all of you guys who listen to me and participate and interact in my content. Um, to be honest with you, it really blows me away. (laughs) Um, I'm surprised when I started putting out content, you know, I was like, you know, nobody's going to watch it. Nobody is going to care. Nobody's going to like me, but I'm going to put it out there. So that way it's out there. And if anybody gets any value from it, then that'll make me happy. You know, that's all I want is for people to get some value out of what I have to say or share. But, um, you know, it's crazy when I first started this because I didn't think people would watch me. I didn't think people would participate. And it's crazy, like, on my YouTube, I just uploaded on Monday, What Sold on eBay Week 17. Uh, every Monday, I do a weekly What Sold on eBay video. And it has 114 views already, uh, in just three days and all my other videos I have like 42 58 79 30 37 59 views 39 views you know the top viewed video I have right now is what sold on eBay week 7 that has 168 views what sold week 5 is 141 views like it's crazy i you know I went from 25 subscribers when I first started it was like 22 23 25 something like that Uh, now I'm at 125. It's pretty gnarly, man. Like I'm, I'm excited about it. It gets me pumped up and I like podcasting. And I looked at my numbers on anchor the other day, my analytics. And, you know, I have a lot of people listening to me on a regular basis. Well, not a lot, but a handful, you know, there's some people out there. You guys are listening to me. I appreciate that. That's awesome. That's why I keep doing it. You know, it keeps me motivated to keep going forward. And, um, you know, and so here I am. I'm sitting in my office and I'm recording this podcast. It's 8 o'clock at night. Uh, on a Wednesday night it is March 13th, 313, 19. Oh, it's all odd, odd number day. It's an odd number day. Whew, okay. So, I really didn't have a topic um, to talk about when I uh, hit the record button. I was just, uh, I was sitting here. I was drafting up some listings to put up on eBay I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, his r- most recent one. I forget who the guy's name is. Really good conversation about Hunter S. Thompson. This guy wrote a book about him, Timothy Denevy. Dene- I, I don't know if I said that right. Uh, he wrote a book about Hunter S. Thompson. It sounds like a really interesting book. Dude is really knowledgeable about Hunter S. And Hunter S. Thompson was just a cool dude. I'm a big fan. I love him. <laughs> um. But once I got done drafting, I was like, all right, I don't have anything in the office. Well, I do. I have dozens of stuff. My desk is littered with stuff, but I'm bundling that stuff together. So they're not ready to list yet. And I mean, I suppose I could go out there and grab some more items out in the warehouse. But I was like, you know, I'm going to record a podcast. I'm going to shift gears and do a different task. Um, You know, if you do the same task over and over and over again, you'll eventually get burned out and you'll get tired of it and you'll not want to do it. So here I am recording a podcast (laughs) and Joe Rogan motivated me to do it. I was like listening to his podcast and I'm like, yeah, man, I need to record one. I've been saying I'm going to sit down and just record an audio only podcast for quite a few weeks now. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd sit down and do it. Um, No topic. I was hoping that a topic would uh, pop up in my head as I said that. (laughs) But let's see. uh, Let's recap. Oh, man, I want to recap real quick um so before i lived on the western slope so i got this warehouse right so let's start there let's start at this warehouse this is an amazing place guys like so i'm sitting here and it's dark now but i'm looking out my window and i can barely see outside of it because it's dark but outside that window is open land it's 16 acres right on the Uncompahgre river um, you know, I could go out my front door, walk right down to the river, uh, anytime I wanted to and just stand by the river. I don't need to cross a road, go by any buildings or nothing. It's sweet. So awesome. And it's 2,100 square feet. It's a big ass warehouse, like 30 by 70. Um, it's got a little apartment built into it. There's a kitchen and then a bathroom and then my office and the office is about 90 square feet or so. Going back to when I first moved to Denver, the first office I was in at Spaces was 69 square feet, and that is the only space that I had to work out of. Imagine that, guys. I had my entire office, all of my inventory for eBay, all the shelving, <laughs> in 69 square feet, and then I would sleep in my van. That was intense. I'll tell you what. Um, go to my Instagram, the Colorado Kid, Colorado spelled with a K. Uh, Go to the Colorado kid on my Instagram and scroll down and you'll see that office. It's got brick walls and a glass door. But yeah, 69 square feet is all that office was. And now I have this office that's 92 square feet. And all this is for is just a workspace. I have a reading chair in here, a corner desk. It's nice. It's freaking amazing. Not only that, but I have my own bathroom, my own kitchen. I have an open loft uh, upstairs with, uh, my bedroom upstairs. And then on the other side of the staircase, I have a podcast recording room, which I will use down the road right now. I'm just recording in my office cause it's nice and warm in here, <laughs> but down the road, I'll, uh, you know, move up there and I'll record all my podcast up in that room. I'm going to call it the green room. I was like, what can I use this room for? Because it's not very functional to like do stuff in if you need to stand up all the time. Like if you got to stand up and down, like, cause the the ceiling is really short. Like I got to tilt my head. It's like a couple inches shorter than I am. And I'm like six foot tall, but I was like, you know what? Like coming in here with a couple of chairs and a small table and some microphones, when you sit down, it's nice and cozy. It's a small, cozy little room big enough for like three or four people to sit down in and have a conversation. So that's what I'm going to use that room for down the road. And then next to that room is a storage room. And then a balcony kind of comes off of that. And then I have like, aside from all of that, I have all this warehouse space. It's awesome. Like, I'm so grateful to be here. It took a lot of freaking work, man. And a lot of uncertainty, a lot of risk. I mean, I can't even stress how much risk I took. I mean, shh. so let's, let's go down the road that led me here. Let's go back. Oh, how far back should I go? <laughs> oh man! So, like, one of the first businesses I started was Newly Fudge Company. Let's start there. Two thousand fourteen. About this time in two thousand fourteen, uh, I moved. So, full disclosure: in March, on March sixteenth of two thousand fourteen, I was released from prison. I went to prison on burglary charges, and I did my time and it saved my life. I'm thankful for it. I am super thankful for that experience because I focused on mind, body, and spirit for a year and really worked on that. I learned a lot about fitness. I learned a lot about nutrition. I learned a lot about weightlifting, yoga, uh, working out. I learned a lot about meditation. I learned a lot about uh, spirituality I read a lot about um, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, uh, Muslim, you know, the their religion, Islam. Um, I read a lot about Christianity and other different studies, many different studies. I just, I researched the heck out of it. I wanted to get my mind, body, and soul right. And um, I worked a lot on that. And then I studied for a good two years just on business and a few other subjects, but business, entrepreneurship, a lot of things. But here in a few days will be five years uh, since I've been out. And so since that five years, uh, when I first got out, I moved in uh, to my mom's apartment uh, in Colorado Springs. And I was like, you know, I sold fudge when I was in prison. I, I made fudge in the microwave, I made this candy, I made it really good and I sold it so that way I could make some money. And so I thought to myself, New Leaf Fudge Company, turn over a new leaf, I'll make this fudge, I'll sell it. Well, after months of studying how to do a food business, starting a food business and executing that food business while working a full-time job, it, it was a lot. And I learned that I did not enjoy doing that work like making the fudge in mass and sell trying to sell it to the public was really difficult i set up (laughs) i set up a stand in downtown colorado springs on tejon avenue the day before christmas in 2014 and that's how long it actually took me to start a bit the fudge business i think i actually started it more towards like april or may is when i made the decision to actually start the business because I was still kind of tossing around the idea of like, or ideas of what to do. But I decided on that in like April or May, and from April to December is how long it took me to get my license, license, like serve safe safe certified, uh, get all my stuff from the city, uh, get test batches going. Um, Geez, I don't know why it took me so long. It shouldn't have took me that long. Maybe I was actually procrastinating selling to the public. I don't know. Um, Either way, I realized I didn't enjoy the process. I didn't enjoy the process at all. So I moved. I was like, you know, I'm going to get out of the city. I'm going to move out to the country. I really, I studied a lot about living off grid when I was locked up. A lot of like building out of cob houses, building, uh, living natural, living organic, growing food, uh, living off grid, you know, being a homesteader. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go do that. I have six acres of land in Southeast Colorado. I'm going to go try and do that. So I moved out there and lived off grid in 2015 for like the spring and summer. And then in 20, towards the end of 2015, I can't remember exactly what happened. I ended up moving to my grandma's like the next town over, getting a full-time job working graveyards, a bolt and nut company that made uh, big ass bolts for the railroad. And I'd work twelve hours, like from four p.m. to four a.m. Uh, four days a week. Oh man, that job was kind of brutal. Kind of not completely brutal, but it was kind of brutal. <laughs> but uh, I was doing that, and then my brother got cancer towards the end of 2015. My oldest brother did, and they found a multi-level marketing company uh, for health food, and it was like a, it was a really good company, good product and started in on that, and then in 2016, we were actually taking a road trip out to Memphis, Tennessee, and me, my two older brothers, we were all in this company uh, trying to sell it, and it's like, hey, let's go to their once a year international expo, like, or their convention in Memphis. Like, it would be a great road trip, it'd be a lot of fun, and, you know, we it, it would up our game in our uh, business. So we're driving out there and we're going through Garden City, Kansas, and we get T-boned by a semi-truck. My older brother was driving, my oldest brother was in the back seat behind the driver uh, and I was in the passenger seat and the semi-truck hit the passenger side of the vehicle. (laughs) So I literally got the brunt force of an entire semi-truck hitting me. so yeah, I broke my right femur in two different locations. I One was a clean break, one was a shatter. My femur was in three equal pieces. I fractured my hip in multiple locations. I had a urethral tear. And that was the most painful to recover from was that, whew, the catheters. And I had to have surgery on that. Ah, it was terrible. <laughs> Don't need to go into much detail on that. But... It was a recovery process. It took me five and a half months to recover. They said it would take me uh, 12 to 18 months to fully recover, and it would take at least eight months before I was walking right. And I was walking right without a cane after five and a half months. I recovered fast, super fast. And that's attributed, to uh, one, my faith, two, positive, uh, positive attitude, and three, staying physically active in the rehabilitation process that was very important um so i recovered from that and towards my recovery so february march april may june is like august or september uh of 2016 i had my little cousin help me out tear down a shed <laughs> Um, on my old on my friends a good friend of mine uh, had an old homestead his dad had an old homestead his name was Rufus Rufus was a really good dude old hippie he died when I was like seven years old I was in like second grade um, I was really young when he passed away of cancer he was just this old hippie really cool old dude really good friend of my dad's but he had this he Rufus had built a goat shed out of old World War II army ammo boxes, so Chuck was like, "Yeah, I've been meaning to get rid of these sheds. Like if you want to tear one down and salvage the wood out of it, whatever you could get, you know, to utilize it." I was like, "Cool." So I took the wood, I tore it down. My cousin helped me tear off the roof. Once the roof was off, I was able to work it from there. And like, mind you, I have a super pubic catheter coming out of my belly which is a tube that goes in through your abdomen into the bottom of your bladder, so that way your bladder can drain out. Um, I had to get that because a stricture had formed in the urethra where I had the urethral tear. It didn't heal properly. And so I had a bag strapped to my leg with my pee in it, and I'm tearing down this shed, and I'm like very carefully, very methodically taking apart these World War II Army ammo boxes that were stacked like bricks from this goat shed so that way I could sand it down, repurpose it and use it for my tiny house. (laughs) So anyhow, um, I tear down this shed and in my house, my trailer, I had been for a few years in the process of tearing it down. And I got up to the point of the living room and then I stopped at the master bedroom. And so I took the master bedroom uh, I converted that I took out the, the closet and the built in dresser and stripped out the walls, the insulation, and I put up new insulation, I put up the wood, I sanded down all the pieces and put up the wood for the, um, uh, the army ammo boxes, I used those for the wood uh, walls, I salvaged a hardwood floor out of an old house that had been exposed to the weather and laid down the floor. Um, I put in a little kitchenette in the bay window, I redi- I tore out all of the bathroom, and I put in a horse trough uh, water tub for a bathtub, made that into a bathtub, I had a composting toilet, and I started living off-grid again, and <clears throat> uh, what was that, the end of 2016, it was like October, September or October is about when I finished it, so like through August, August, September, and October, I think, is roughly, and I think I started it in July, if I'm not mistaken, but I can't remember clearly, Um, it was a tumultuous year, but I started living there uh, towards the end of 16, and so, yeah, I, I know I was there in October, And then my oldest brother, uh, his cancer came back on him. It it was gone at the end of 2015, the beginning of 2016. He had beat cancer, and it came back on him sometime in 2016. And uh, he passed away from that uh, December 21st of 2016. Uh, The winter solstice is when he passed away. And so after that, you know, I... I was off grid for a few months living off grid in the winter time. I'm chopping wood. I got a wood burning stove in my tiny house and I'm just basically, I'm just living off grid. Like I don't, I I do a little bit of work on the land, but in the winter time, there's really not a whole lot you can do. You can't dig, you can't, you know, you could cut the weeds down and mitigate weeds, which is mostly what I did. And they just come back the next year. It's, it's a vicious, vicious cycle when it comes to those damn weeds, especially out there. It's, Anyway, <laughs> it's retarded. Uh, so shortly after my brother passed away, I watched the movie War Dogs. And that movie kind of changed my life. Uh, honestly, it did change my life drastically. <laughs> it's crazy that a movie would do that. Like, most people would watch that movie and be like, oh, that was a good movie. Fun times. Uh-huh, crazy. But I watched that movie and I was like, no fucking way. This is Crazy. <laughs> I was like, these two fucking kids, big ass fucking potheads are fucking selling guns. And they're not even selling guns. They're brokering contracts to the government. That's all these kids did was broker deals. They were brokers. You know, they would see a contract. They would find a supplier. They would get a quote from the supplier, mark it up like 20% and freaking sell it to the government, win the contract. And then they were, they were just facilitators as brokers. I was like, holy crap, man, that is, that's brilliant. I mean, they fucked up because they bought Chinese ammo and sold it to the government. <laughs> and sometimes you do have to buy it yourself and then sell it to the government, you know, which is what they did in that case. Uh, well, not smart at all. Um, but anyhow, I, I started looking into it and I was like, this is legitimate. This actually happened. How did I never not hear this story back in 07, 08? I never heard this story like. And that was in 07, 08. That was like 10 years ago, you know, to 12 years ago. <laughs> and so I started doing my research. And like, first place I go is I check out some YouTube videos. And then I'll get into some real in-depth research, right? I'll go to the government websites. I'll go, I'll Google stuff. I'll look up articles. I'll read articles. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research into a certain particular subject. Um, on YouTube, it surprised me a lot that there's, there was like one legitimate dude doing how to do government contracting on YouTube. And his name was John Wayne II and no relation to the celebrity. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Right on. Uh, <laughs> and, but he was really knowledgeable in the government contracting arena and he was teaching people how to do it. And he runs a business on helping people doing it. And so I teamed up with him and I sold my truck. I paid him. They showed me basically everything, how to do. And normally I don't pay people to do stuff like that. But, and most of his information is on YouTube for free. However, like whenever you pay his business and partner up with him, there's a lot more advantages to that. Um, One being um, they help you with contracts. They help you fill out paperwork or any complications. They can help you get financing. Like there's so much more. Oh, they gave you a website. The website was really cool uh, because the website they give you can pass through government firewalls. Not all websites can. Um, And there was a few other benefits. They had their own uh, lookup system for uh, contracts, which was cool. But so I start, I start a federal government contracting business. I was like, you know what? I did my research. I've been studying this like solid for eight hours a day for like two weeks. Uh... Yeah, it was two weeks because I started my business January 13th of 2017. One thirteen seventeen is when I formed it with Articles of Incorporation with the State of Colorado. And so, and I did this, I started it, filed Articles of Incorporation, um, did the bank account. Well, I already had a bank account. I just made it a corporate one, just called the bank and made it a business. Um, Or no, I went to the bank, opened a business account. I actually had to go in person and do that. My apologies. (laughs) I had to open a business bank account in person because you guys actually physically signed the papers. Um, But I... I, So, okay, going back. I formed the business and I submitted my first 10 bids all through my cell phone. All through my cell phone. Excuse me, I had to take a drink. And so... Yeah. I started a government contracting business and submitted legitimate bids all through my cell phone. I mean, actually filling out the contracts, signing them digitally and submitting them, emailing them to the contracting officer. That's nuts, dude, that you could do that from a cell phone. And so I did that and I was like, there was a reason, I think through one of their payment systems, you need a laptop in order to access like the the website for one of their payment uh, systems portals that the government uses, and there was contracts like if you can't use this payment system, and if you're not like quote unquote trained on it and done the videos and all this, then you can't even like don't even bother submitting a bid on these deals that use that on these contracts that use that payment method uh, or portal. Um, so I was like, well, I don't have. I had a laptop, but I didn't have access to power it because I only had itty bitty solar panels enough to charge my cell phone and a Bluetooth speaker. That was it. It wasn't enough power to keep my laptop powered and I didn't have enough internet to Wi-Fi or Wi Fi mobile Wi-Fi hotspot through my cell phone. And I was like, you know what? I was like after a couple of months of doing this, I was like, it's really difficult. So I submitted contracts January, February, March, uh for two months all on my phone. And I was like, you know, I'm, I am I want to move out. I want to go somewhere different, somewhere where I can work more efficiently in a public library or somewhere where I could just be more efficient and work on my laptop so I could submit bids because I was missing out on a lot of opportunities um, not being able to submit bids on this payment portal. So I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pack up and I'm going to move somewhere else. <laughs> And I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind going back to Fort Collins. Like, it was pretty cool. I lived up there back in 05. It was pretty neat. It was a cool place. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there. So I looked at the area of Fort Collins, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go up there. And I did all my research where I was going to stay, as far as a homeless shelter, where I was going to eat, the food kitchens, all that stuff. And then when I was up there, like I went up there the day before my birthday of 2017, which was April 9th of 2017 is when i moved to fort collins and so um my my first saturday there like my first week there is like only a week i see i'm walking downtown at night and i see this board inside a building that said got an idea are you interested you want to change the world come in and talk to us and i was like oh hell yeah monday morning i'm gonna go in there so i go in there monday morning and it's a co-working space it was called the mesh and I was like, oh, cool. And if any of you guys watch my YouTube videos, the hoodie that I'm wearing is actually the mesh hoodie that they gave us, which is really cool. Um, awesome place, man, really cool people. I go in there, I meet this really cool dude, Ari. Ari's is the dopest dude ever. Uh, we became good friends and I, I signed up. I was like, so let me get this straight. co-working space, there's a shower here. There's free beer on tap in business hours. There's a kitchen here. You know, there wasn't a stove, but there was a toaster oven, microwave, dishwasher, refrigerator, um, you know. And I was like, this is freaking the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's only 250 bucks a month, and it's 24-7 access. And even before I signed up, like, I was talking to the, one of the employees, and, you know, the girl showing me around. And so and I was like, hey, like, so if I get off of work, like, my regular hourly wage job at 1030 at night, I could just come here and take a shower and then go to the homeless shelter and go to sleep. Like you guys won't trip out over that. And she was like, no, this place is yours to utilize in order to support you in growing your business. If that means you need to use the shower at 1030, 11 o'clock at night, then use the shower at 1030, 11 o'clock at night. We don't care. Like <laughs> I was like, that's so dope. This place is awesome. So I signed up and I was there for five months And the day they gave us the hoodies was the day they said that they were closing down and another company was taking over. Bummer. Total fucking bummer. So I was like, well, I could stay here and wait it out, which would have, would not have worked because they said, oh yeah, October 1st is the day that they're taking over. And they say it's going to be a smooth transition. Well, (laughs) Come to find out it was Regis and their sub brand called Spaces is the ones that took over. And when I was at Spaces in Denver at the end of 2018, in October of 2018, they were like, oh yeah, we're opening up that space on Linden Street. Because I was telling somebody at Spaces, uh, oh yeah, I I was up in Fort Collins at a co-working space in Old Town up there and they're like, on Linden Street? And I was like, yeah. And they're like was it the mesh? And I was like, yeah, the mesh (laughs) I'm wearing the hoodie. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's the space. Uh, spaces has that space now. (laughs) And I was like, they're like, we're just opening it up. You should come to the grand opening in a week or two. And I was like, it took you guys a whole year, a whole year. I was like, damn. So I w I wouldn't have been able to wait for them. So, but in the moment they're like, Oh, October 1st is when they're taking over. It should be smooth and you guys shouldn't need to go anywhere else. And I was like, well, I could do that, or I could invest my money, relocate to a warm weather environment, because mind you, I was at the homeless shelter April. At the end of May, I bought a a conversion van to sleep in the back of, because I was like, well, if this place provides me, you know, my shower, kitchen area, there's a locker here to store some of my stuff, all I need is a place to sleep. I'm outside all day anyway. I'm working all day anyway. So I just need a place to sleep. Like screw getting a place to rent. I'm just going to get a conversion van. So I got the conversion van and started sleeping in the back of my conversion van. And so I did that from the end of May, June, July, August until September, which, uh, on labor day is when I, it was actually on labor day. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, screw it. I, you know, visited friends and family. I was in La Junta, Colorado, and I drove from La Junta down to Trinidad, from Trinidad down to Albuquerque, and then Albuquerque through, what was it, Flagstaff, and then California. And that whole, that whole road trip was a trip in and of itself. But So I go out to California, to Santa Barbara. It was really neat. Uh, there was a, an impact hub out there, and the impact hub was amazing. The guy who owned it was amazing out there. Um, I forget his name. I feel bad about it now because he was a really good dude. Um, really good people that worked there. really good people that uh, worked out the co-working space itself, as well as the people that like worked out of the co-working space, if that makes any sense. Anyway, a lot of good people there. Uh, I was like two blocks from the beach. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man, I missed it. I missed it a lot um 2017 the fires came in it was december and the fires were encroaching on montecito the thomas fire i watched that uh coming up on santa barbara and i was like oh man dude if i lose my van to this fire if we have to evacuate and my van runs like shit, so it's not like i can drive very far and i was i was freaked out about that and at the same time i also discovered twitch i was like you're telling me i could play video games Broadcast that live and people watch it. I was like, that doesn't make sense to me because I'm a gamer. I love to play video games. I fucking hate watching other people play it because I want to tell them what to do. I'm like, no, 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 no don't go over there. No, 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 don't do that. And that's the way I've been since I was a little kid. I mean, I'm better now as an adult. Like, I could sit there, somebody playing a game and just let them play. I was really bad as a kid, but, uh, yeah, it didn't make sense to me as, as a person. I'm like, I, I would not watch somebody play video games, let alone pay to watch them play. Um, but a lot of people do. They get a lot of enjoyment out of it. They get a lot of entertainment out of it and more power to them. That's cool, right on. I was like, yeah. So I started broadcasting on Twitch while in California. I started it like end of November and December of 2017, I want to say. And that's when I formed the Colorado Kid brand. And I was like, I'm going to form this brand because I was anticipating, I was like, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out in like a couple months. And at that time, the release date was a couple months away. (laughs) But I was like, uh, or a year away. Was it a year away? I can't remember exactly. But I was like, you know, I want to create a name that would reflect Red Dead Redemption because when that comes out, um i want i'm gonna just play that game and that's it i'm just gonna live in that game when i play it's just gonna be that game and that's it because i love old west i'm freaking super excited about the game and i was like i want an old west outlaw i was like yeah i've been an outlaw i'm still an outlaw to society's standards a rebel outlaw kind of attitude so i was like yeah the colorado kid which is like the sundance kid billy the kid Kind of attitude or uh, mindset thinking that I thought of when I thought of the Colorado kid. So that's when I originally formed this brand was to broadcast on Twitch. And so I was doing really good, uh, got a a good handful of followers. And uh, my mom was like, you know, just keep in mind, she was like, you know, you're doing really good and I'd like to see you succeed. So keep in mind, like, if you want to come back and live here, and focus solely on doing this full time, you can do that. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I'm thinking, like, I just heard a Gary V podcast that he's like, you know, don't be ashamed if you have to move back to your mom's or your parents to save money, to chase your dreams, and to, you know, save time, give, put more time and, you know, go fucking do shit. So I, was, I thought about it for a week or two and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I, Gave my van to a buddy of mine, I was like, you know, I don't want to sell it, it'll take too long, and it kind of runs like shit anyway, and my buddy is freaking basically sleeping in the co-working space because he lost his uh, place to live in the fire, Uh, he was renting a place and he had to freaking leave, evacuate, uh, because it was one of those co-living places where you you just rent a room from somebody, and you know, everybody had to leave. Anyway, (laughs) he didn't have anywhere to stay so i was like look man you're a really good dude and you know you said that you always wanted to take one of these vans and convert it you know put the wood walls and all that shit. like fucking here i just signed over title to him and he was so thankful he's like are you serious like that's crazy i was like yeah man it's all good man just like appreciate it and fucking use it you know do good do good with it you know pass it on <laughs> so i gave that away i took the greyhound back to colorado springs and I started doing Twitch full-time, over time. I mean, I, I hit it hard. I would wake up in the morning. I would be on my computer at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I would clip, clip, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. I would clip videos from the previous stream, day stream, and then for YouTube. And then I would also do uh, clips for Instagram. Um, then I would do... Uh, like a podcast I would record a little bit and then I would eat lunch and then I would go live from like one o'clock to like eight o'clock nine o'clock at night so it was a 12 14 hour day just constantly looking at a screen constantly just and broadcasting live was it was way it became way more strenuous than I thought it would because Here you are, you're sitting there, you're playing a video game, you're interacting with chat, so not only are you, your mind has to concentrate on the gameplay, but you also have to think about what these people are saying, repeat what they're saying, interact with what they're saying. I did that for four months, Uh, well, once I moved back to the springs, it was about four months, Uh, I did that until April, I'm going to say the end of April of eighteen of last year, this time last year, I was broadcasting live on Twitch. That's fucking crazy to me, man. (laughs) That is so gnarly to me that this time last year, I was still at my mom's at Colorado Springs broadcasting on Twitch, but I got burned out. Like I I loved it, but at the same time, I think I just did too much at once and I just got burned out. I was like, man, this hobby that I used to really, really love, I don't love it anymore. Like it's become a job. This fucking sucks. Not only that, but I'm inside all day long. I never get to go outside. I'd go outside like twice a week. I never saw the sun. I didn't know if it was snowing or raining like the winter of 17 to 18. I didn't experience the cold unless I was like, I walked to the store for a cigar or something. Um, I was donating plasma, uh, twice a week. My mom would drop me off on uh, her way to work. I would donate plasma. Then I'd walk back to the apartment when I was done. Like that was the most I ever got outside twice a week or walk into the store for a cigar. It was, it was sad, man. But it's because you, you got to be on it. Like when you're broadcasting, you can't leave. You can't go anywhere. That's eight hours a day. You know, you, you take quick little potty breaks and you eat a little bit of food while playing video games and interacting with chat. Like you're li- literally like that's how Twitch broadcasters are. They sit there, they eat their food while playing because you can't miss the viewers. You know, it's it's a fucking crazy business, a crazy way. But I learned a lot. I learned audacity. I learned uh, OBS. I learned how to broadcast live, how to interact with chat live. I learned a lot with it. I learned a lot of skills with doing that but I got burned out. I said, I want to be outside. I want to be in the country. I want to get out of the city. So I moved back to only Springs living off grid. I still had my cabin. So it was just moved in, man. I just cleaned it out, moved in. And, you know, at the same time, I was still fighting with, uh, the whole insurance thing from my accident back in 2016. And so me and my brother get into talking and we're like, yeah, let's build a couple cob houses and we'll freaking do that, man. Like, And so, like, the month of May, we were working on digging this trench. And I think it was, yeah, it was May. Sounds about right. Anyway, sorry for the brain fart. Um, And then, you know, it didn't work out between me and him. We got into a disagreement. He went his way, and I just stayed on the property. And I was like, man, I I still wanted to build the cob house. I was still working on that. I was digging a trench for a water line, an air conditioning line and I was getting things ready, and then I meet this girl, right, and that's how things go, you know, I meet this girl, and we just, we clicked, you know, I was just so comfortable with her, like, I felt like I could say anything, we never had an uncomfortable silence, it'd be quiet, and just, yeah, it's cool, you know, and, you know, I just, I I kind of fell in love right away, you know, and got engaged to her, you know, pretty fast, you know, within, like, the first month, (laughs) But she was great. I loved her, man. And, uh, you know, after talking with her, she had never left the county. She lived there her entire life and kind of her family around her was a little bit negative and not there. They, they just weren't that healthy. And I was like, you know, what do you think about, you know, getting out of here? And she's like, that would be great, you know, and this and that. And she's like, she she had her, you know, like, well, my family's here, her apprehensions. You know, but she she wanted to be with me, and she's like, "Yeah, it'd be cool." And I had a friend of mine; he was like, "Hey, you know, like," and he was a really good friend of mine. We had been locked up together. We were he we lived in the same hallway for damn near two years. He was my neighbor for well, it was a year and a half. Uh, We lived in the same hallway. You know, like he was my neighbor for a long freaking time. We were really good friends, and he was like, "Hey, you know, come up to Longmont." I started this eBay business you know, five, six months ago. It's it's doing pretty good, but he's like, I, I kinda need help with it because I have trouble listing my ADD. I can't focus on the listing aspect of it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've sold on eBay before. I got some experience on it. So I'll go up there, see what happens, right? Like I'll help him with his business. And if eBay takes off, he's also wanting to do a CrossFit gym. He's an entrepreneur like me, you know, he's like, he wants to make money, work for himself. And I was like, yeah, dude, if we could work together and to accomplish a common end, then we could both make a lot of money. And so I talked to her and she was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I already had my truck because I was working on my place and um, or no, I didn't. Wait, how did the timeline go? <laughs> I'm trying to get timeline right. Um, I got my settlement is what happened. And once I got my settlement, I got the truck. I fixed the truck. And then we decided to move to Longmont. And before I moved up there, I bought an RV. And that RV was really cool. I was like, hey, we could live in this RV. And it'd be like van life, but this is way nicer than van life. It had a king size bed in it. Everything worked, low mileage. It was a big ass 28 foot RV. I was like, it's a tiny house. You know, it's a tiny house, It, it worked great. And we had a place to park it with, you know, water could go right to it. We'd fill up the tanks. We had electricity. We'd just plug into the electric. It was great. You know, it was it was comfortable living. Um, after we moved up to Longmont, August eighth of two thousand eighteen, and after ten days, she just freaked out, flipped out. She, I don't know, she started yelling. <laughs> Like we had been having like little arguments, little tiffs and taps over little shit, you know, and it like what are we going to eat like, well, let's just cook some food. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like little shit. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. And she's like, oh, well, you're not who you said you are. And this and that. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm still the same guy. I'm just working more now. Like because out there in the country, there was nothing to do except fix my truck. And once my truck was fixed, we moved. As soon as it was fixed, we like packed the shit up and we fucking left. (laughs) And freaking then when I got up there, I was working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. I was doing shit. And she's like, oh, she was just frustrated. She couldn't find a job, even though she only put in like three or four job applications over that week. Like, come on, you can't get a job doing that. But I think she was just being self-destructive. You know, I've been self-destructive in my past. And I kind of recognized that in retrospect, but it hurt me, you know, like she just freaked out, packed her shit, called her family to come pick her up. They came and picked her up and she went home and I was just like, fuck it. Fine. If you really loved me, you would have toughed it out. You would have worked it out. You would have fucking done something. So I'm not going to chase after you. Bye. Have a nice, have a nice life. Moving forward. You know, that was August 18th. Some days, some dates I actually remember. I remember moving up there because it was the eighth of August. It was eight eight eighteen. <laughs> That's the only reason I remember that date. Eight eight eighteen. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, me and my buddy were working together. He had a moving company, and he was paying me to help him with the moving company. And that was doing good, making some money with that. Making money with eBay, getting that shit. You know, I was investing my. uh, settlement money and eBay inventory to get that built up. And it was going pretty good. Um, then one day I just, I was just kind of having a bad day and I remember, you know, him coming in and, you know, we were business partners. We had an LLC, we owned it, we had the paperwork, everything laid out. And, but one day he comes in and he's like, Oh, hey, man, we need to go get this treadmill. And I'm feeling fucking terrible that day. Like I had an upset stomach. I'm weak. I had a headache. I'm physically like, I don't feel physically well. Like I could pick something up heavy. And I'm like, shit, man. Like I was really hoping just sit in the office and list all day, <laughs> to be honest. And he's like, what? and like he sees my face and he just looks at me. And he's, and he's like, man, I need to see some hustle and drive in you, man. Like I need to see, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see the hustle. I don't see the drive. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't see hustle. I was like, am I not in this office all day freaking listing shit? Like I listed in like six or seven weeks, like 670 items plus the stuff we were selling. Like when I left, we had 670 items listed. Plus we had sold, uh, what? 150, 200 items. I can't remember. It was at least a hundred some, Um, so, and he already had 70 items listed, 70 or 80, maybe a hundred items listed. Let's call it a hundred. So that cancels out what we sold. So I listed roughly 670 items on the store. Uh, Listing items is time consuming and it takes a long time on top of working and, you know, everything else you have to do throughout the day. But like, it, it just confused me. I was like, I don't get it. What do you mean? You don't see the hustle or the drive. Like, I, I bid on the storage units, got the storage units. We made money on that. Like, and you complained about it. Like you complained about these storage units, even though it made us money. Like, (laughs) I I just didn't understand it. Like, uh, (laughs) anyway, he was like, if I need to buy you out, just let me know. Cause I'd rather buy you out now and send you on your way than to fucking deal with you for another year and fucking be dealing with thousands of dollars. And I just like, just kind of the way he said it. And those weren't the exact words, but he was like, if I need to buy you out, I need to buy you out now. And like, just for him to jump to that, like he just jumped to that right away. And it it just kind of got me thinking. I was like, okay, like I was having a shitty day. I didn't feel like picking up this treadmill that he wanted to flip. And like, he instantly jumps to buying me out. It, It just kind of got me thinking, I don't know. Uh, what his thought process completely was on that, but it, it it was, it just kind of raised a flag for me. I was like, I I don't get that, but it sounds like to me, he doesn't want me here anymore. So if he doesn't want me here anymore, then I don't want to be here (laughs) anymore. So after thinking about it, I was like, yeah, let's go ahead and work out a deal. We worked out a deal. He paid me out. I left. Uh, I sold my truck. I sold my RV. I bought my van. I moved to Denver. <laughs> Not that fast. <laughs> I stayed at the Boulder County Fairgrounds for two weeks, uh, trying to sell my truck, trying to sell the RV. I finally got them sold. I bought my van. Um, so with the money that I got from those, I moved to Denver and I started a brand new biz, uh, brand new eBay store from scratch out of the Spaces office, that tiny little 69 square foot office. Uh, started working out of there. And then Spaces couldn't get the internet figured out because I was like, I want to broadcast on Twitch, right? Because Red Dead Redemption came out in October, at the end of October <laughs> of 2018, and so I was like, I want to play, the, I want to broadcast and play his game. Like this is a part of my business model as well. And it was because of the router. All the, all their techs people had to do was go into the router and put in my Mac address to the laptop or my PS4, so that way. Uh, playstation remote play on my laptop can connect to my playstation that way i could broadcast and i would have stayed there but they didn't do that so i was like well what's the solution here they're like well we didn't deliver what we told you we would deliver so go ahead and cancel out and we'll refund you your money and i was like cool so i found another place to go to uh mod 16th and broadway it was a great place they had storage in the basement for me to, I really was able to scale up my business there uh, big time. And <coughs> the office was bigger upstairs. The office had a sliding glass door out onto a balcony. That was freaking awesome. It was a really cool place, man. I loved that spot as well. Um, I'm going to miss it a little bit, but not really because it was in the middle of the city <laughs> and I don't like the city of the city, man. I was like, man, this fucking place, The people, I don't know, man. I don't know how to describe it. It's just for me, like, I can't relate to city people because they're just so opinionated and they're not fully educated on what the fuck they're talking about. Now, given, like, if it's a really complicated issue and, like, I'll talk on it, but I won't talk on it like I'm an expert, like I know everything there is to know about it or that I know all the solutions. Like, some of these city people, they're like, This is a problem, and this is the solution, and there's no other way around it. And it's like, well, actually, you haven't even identified the problem completely, and there's not one solution for any problem, especially when it comes to social issues. So shut the fuck up. (laughs) 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 Like, honestly, like, people really get into it. They're like, no, this is the problem, and this is the solution, and there's no other way around it, and they're so fucking adamant about it, and it's like, no. No, it's not that fucking easy. and It's not that straightforward. Shit is just not that fucking simple in life. Whew. So that's my little rant. Anyway, so I move over to Modworks and I was there. Uh, I moved in at the beginning of November of 18. And then so, geez, that's crazy. November, December, January. I was only there three months. I was only there three whole months. That's cr- freaking nuts, man. Oh, so anyway, towards the end of December, my mom calls me, she's frustrated with her job and she's like, man, fucking she's like, fuck, she's just so stressed out. And she's been stressed out for a long time with her job and frustrated with it. She's been there for like 10 years. <laughs> and she's like, have you ever thought of just moving up to our cousins and living rent free? I was like, no, <laughs> she lives up in the mountains where am I going to source stuff? How am I going to ship like there's a post office there, but where's the nearest FedEx store? Like, but the next morning it got me thinking like, would it be possible to move up there? So I looked at places like real estate prices, commercial prices, uh, rent, you know, all this stuff. Uh, the thrift store locations, FedEx locations, etc., cetera, et cetera. And I found, you know, I was like, I found this place in Montrose in Craigslist, on Craigslist and it was fucking badass. I was like, holy shit, it's right on the river. It's right outside of town, so I'm not in town, but town is just a mile away. So if I need amenities like fast food or grocery store or beer or whatever the fuck, it's all right there. But I'm still but I'm still out in the country. The, this is on sixteen acres of land. I have one neighbor, like a football field away. There's some houses across the river, which is like three football fields away. <laughs> uh, it, so it's, uh, it's like, and coming into this place is a real blessing, man. And eventually got up here like, and that was a whole process, man. I could do a whole podcast probably on just the story of just getting here. Um, but the bottom line is, is I'm here. It's expensive as shit and it's stressing me out, but I'm here and I have a place to work, a place to record and a place to live, cook food. I mean that, is just so luxurious, I haven't had my own kitchen in forever, you know? I mean, even living off-grid, I had my own kitchen, sure, but I'm off-grid, I don't have refrigeration. Like, everything has to be dry storage. You're limited so much on what you can have. You're limited on how much you can cook, how much you can eat, if you eat and you still have leftovers, but you can't eat anymore because you're fucking fat. <laughs> you're like, just sitting there, and you're like, oh, I can't fucking move, but I have all this food and I can't refrigerate it, fuck. and it's it's hard because sometimes you do overcook and you got to cook just the right amount but when you open a can of green beans and then you fucking open a can of like chicken and then you have some noodles and then some sauce just making basic fucking spaghetti with chicken like you're gonna have leftovers you can't eat all of that (laughs) so yeah having my own kitchen is nice Fuck dude. So nice. <sighs> A bedroom? Like the bedroom is as big as my van. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess my point is, you know, for the past five years, I've been just working my ass off, you know, going from newly fudge, living off grid, to freaking you know, moving to Fort Collins, government contracting, going to California, Twitch, coming home, more Twitch. Going back off grid again, getting engaged, getting separated, going to Longmont, partnering up with a good friend of mine and having a disagreement and then, you know, parting ways and then starting my own eBay business, building it up, coming up here. That <laughs> 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 has been a crazy freaking road, man. But I've, I've just been, keep, I just keep chasing after the kind of life I want to live. You know and my big dream and i keep chasing after it and i have no idea you know i had no idea i'd move to fort collins or santa barbara or live in downtown denver i never thought i'd live in downtown denver i never thought i'd live be living here in montrose right next to the river so soon like man if quite a few years ago i was like man my my ultimate dream would be to work for myself live Like work from home, live where I work or whatever, however you want to say it. My brain is having a brain fart again. Um, Live in the mountains, be near some kind of water source, like a river, a lake, a pond even, or whatever, or even just a little stream, a babbling brook would be cool, you know? (laughs) But to have all these things, right? And now here I am, I have it. Like the only thing that's missing is when I was a little kid, my ultimate dream, like, work-job situation, if I had to have a job permanently, would be to travel anywhere and still make money, which nowadays is so fucking easy to do. I mean, with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and technology, I mean, there's so many things you could do traveling around and make money. I mean, it's insane. But I never, I know, just never got into it, never focused too much on that, but... Um here I am, I'm making money working for myself. I love the thrifting, I love selling, I like making money. Uh there's been a lot of frustrations to it. Uh <laughs> dealing with FedEx, PayPal, the post office, eBay. There's just so many people you gotta deal with when selling shit on eBay. And what's fucked up is the biggest issue that I've ever had to deal with is with eBay. Like they have given me the most problems out of anybody. And I'm sitting there and I'm even talking to an eBay rep one day. And I'm like, this is fucked up guys. Like you should not be my biggest barrier to selling on eBay. Like eBay should not be the biggest problem to selling on eBay. (laughs) This is insane and ridiculous. It's fucked up, man. Like they have, they've literally cost me thousands of dollars like in time and effort and fucking frustration but mainly time, like they have cost me a lot of fucking time. They shut me down for a whole week when I first started out. That cost me $1,200 easily, just did that in and of itself. Then they double charged my account, which it didn't cost me money, it just kept me without money for like three weeks. I mean, a whole $1,300 double charged, you know? $2,600 went to eBay in one day, basically that fucking sucked. Anyway, that's all done with. <laughs> and now it's March. It's the middle of March. Uh, I've been working a full-time job as a cook. That's been frustrating and stressful as shit. I hate, fucking hate working in a kitchen. I don't know why I fucking took this job. It, I got it like my first week living up here. It was quick. It was money in pocket, paid every week. I was like, fuck it. I'll take it. I'll do it. Suck it up. Do what you got to do. I failed to realize how much mental energy it takes to work as a line cook, how much physical energy it takes. By the time you get home, you're fucking cashed out. You don't want to do shit. You're like, fuck the world, man. Fuck you people. (laughs) But it's like you still have work to do. Still got to do the work, you know. You got to put it in. But that job ends on the 30th, so I'm going to be good after that. I'm not getting another job. I'm going to hit full-time on eBay uh, my sales have dipped the past three weeks, but the reason being is because I haven't been listing as much as I was when I was in Denver. Um, so what I did is I started, um, I've been listing at least one item a day is so I'll draft stuff up and I'll list, uh, you know, as I go along. Um, but that's not enough activity for eBay, that one item a day. It helps, but it's not enough. So on Monday, uh, March 11th, I started listing stuff and I started listing a bunch of stuff. So I'm looking at it right now. I did $218 in sales on March 11th, just the day before on the 10th. Let me go back. I'm on the site right now, $22. So that's a huge jump, like a freaking huge jump. Um, and then let's see what did I do yesterday, the 12th. I'm just adjusting the dates on the calendar in my sales part. On the 12th, I did $86, which is pretty good. If you're if you're doing about a hundred dollars in sales a day, you know it's pretty good. Um and then today, the thirteenth, I did another eighty-seven dollars. So from Monday till today is three hundred ninety-two dollars and seventy-eight cents. So listing every day. A bunch of shit, like a hundred to two hundred dollars worth of shit every day, is basically what it takes to keep that activity and sales up. To have a thousand dollars in sales a week, you know, um, because if you're not getting a thousand dollars a week in sales, because you roughly have a fifty percent profit margin, so a thousand dollars a week in sales is five hundred dollars profit in your pocket after eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping and handling, and the and cost of goods. Um so 500 a week is only 2000 a month so if your bills are under two thousand dollars a month everything you're doing good (laughs) you're doing pretty good because there's a lot of people out there that that has more than that especially if you have a family you know wife and kids you 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 got some bills um but doing that get in order to get those sales it's a full-time job and but you build up your inventory, right? So once that inventory gets built up, I'm sitting right around $17,600 worth of inventory right now. Um, I'm looking at having that up to $100,000 by the end of this year. Moving to Montrose has slowed me down a little bit, but now I'm more established, I'm more organized, I got more of a routine going on. And I have a game plan, more disciplined game plan uh, looking forward. I'm going to be doing YouTube more. I'm going to be doing this podcasting more. Joe Rogan's really uh, fired me up about that, man. His podcast is dope as shit, and I want to be on his podcast. I think we would have an awesome conversation. I want to bring good value to him and his podcast and his listeners. I just want to give them some value, whether they laugh, cry, or hate me. I don't care. (laughs) As long as... I'm bringing some kind of value, some entertainment to them. But uh, that's what I want to bring, you know, and uh, I feel like I can't just tweet Joe Rogan to be on there and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, come on, on. You know, I feel like I have to earn it. I have to earn being on the Joe Rogan show. Like, so that's why that's one of the motivating factors for me to sit down and record this podcast is I feel like I have to earn it. And the best way to earn it is to start uh, creating content. And, you know, get on it. Have him ask me to be on the show. You know, (laughs) that would be dope. That would be dope. Get a message from Rogan being like, hey, I want you on my show instead of me asking to be on it. But I'm still going to ask to be on it. (laughs) He's a cool dude. He's really cool, dude. I just want to sit and bullshit with him, man. That's all. That's all I want. I don't want to get famous off his back or anything off of his hard work that he's done with his podcast. I just want to have a conversation with him. Like we don't even need to record it. Joe Rogan, if you're listening to this, we don't even need to record the conversation. I just want to sit down and have a conversation with you, but time is money. Time is very valuable and it's the greatest asset we have. And if we're going to sit down and have a conversation, we might as well fucking record that shit. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I've been recording this for some time. Uh, A really good podcast gave you guys a A quick background, a quick summary, very basic summary of the past five years of my life. Oh man, March 16th is five years and I'm living the dream, guys. It took me five years since I've been out, but I'm living it. It took me 32 years. (laughs) Actually, I turned 33 in April. Uh, It took me that long to live the dream, but I'm living it. I work for myself. I have this warehouse with an office, a bathroom, a kitchen, freaking a cool ass warehouse out there with a loft and a bedroom upstairs and a podcasting room and storage. And it's out in the country. There's a fucking river. The mountain, I'm surrounded by millions and millions of acres of public land. Fuck man. Can't ask for nothing more than this. I'm so grateful. I am so freaking grateful to be here. Now it's, it's time to up the, up the ante. It's time to up the ante, get more work done, more podcasts, more videos. I'm stoked guys. I'm stoked. Fuck, stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. It's nine o'clock. It's been about an hour. I, I actually recorded an hour long podcast. That's awesome. I'm stoked about that, man. Um, you know, when I first started it, I didn't know what the hell I was going to talk about, but then I just, uh, yeah, let me tell you a quick background. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for listening. I greatly appreciate you. Keep being an outlaw. Do not conform to society's standards. Do not conform to other people's standards. You cannot control what other people think about you or how they perceive you. Fuck them. Be who you want to be. If you want to dress like a Pokemon character every day, you go goddamn right ahead. If you want to dress like Boy George every day, you go right on ahead. All right. If you want to dress like whoever the hell you want to dress like, if you want to act like whoever you want to act like, if you want to walk around talking, and acting, looking like Donald Trump, go for it, man. We live in America where you can live and do and live whatever fucking life you want to, man. <laughs> Fuck the bullshit go out and do it. If you want to start a Instagram page about your favorite subject, go out and do it. Just do it. You know, start up that page, you know, go for a walk, Uh, walk backwards if you want. Who gives a fuck, man? Like as long as you are not infringing on the pursuit of happiness of another person, then be who you want to be, man. What does it matter? It doesn't because it doesn't fucking matter, you know, and that applies anywhere in the world. You could go to China, Russia, Africa, live the life you want to live as long as you are not infringing on the pursuit of happiness of another person, causing physical harm or violence on them, preventing them from pursuing uh, their pursuit. You know, don't get in the way. Uh, Help somebody along. Put your hand out and help them along. You know, that's what I got to say about that. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. I greatly appreciate you. I am the... Colorado kid. Peace.